The Productive Woman, Episode 301. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan and this is a podcast about productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Well, welcome and thank you so much for joining me. This week, we are celebrating the Productive Woman's six-year potiversary, and we're going to be talking about some favorite productivity tips and tools, both mine and those of some other people. You'll find more information and links to some resources we mentioned in this episode, all in the show notes, which you will find at theproductivewoman.com slash 301. This episode is brought to you by Text Expander, which is, if you've listened for any length of time at all, you know uh, Text Expander is one of my very favorite productivity tools. It's one of the first apps I load onto any device that I get. And I've been using Text Expander since. Uh, well before I started podcasting. I, I forget, I probably learned about it on another podcast, Mac Power Users, and have been in love with it. It saves me so much time. Uh, if you're not aware, Text Expander is an app that allows you to create snippets, little abbreviations that you decide, you know, what you're going to use for your abbreviation. And when you type it in anywhere, it will expand into a longer block of text anything from a phone number that you need to type frequently to long multi-paragraph uh, formatted text that anything that you need to type or cut and paste frequently is fair game for a text expander snippet. And I've got so many of them. I mean, things like I'm looking at my list, my TSA known traveler number. I'm never going to remember that. I don't need to look it up. All I need to know is the abbreviation I created for it. And I can type it in anywhere uh, in an online form when I'm making an airline reservation, in a Word document, in an email, anywhere. All the way up up to uh, longer blocks of formatted text for emails that I send, say, to guests who are going to be on the show to kind of give them the logistics of how it's going to work and that sort of thing. I use it in the productive woman work. I use it in personal things. I use it in my legal work all the time. And it's such a great tool. And it also, it has developed over the years. So it works well with teams in your business or your volunteer organization or whatever, uh, wherever you work, Text Expander can be a great tool that will boost your business productivity by allowing your team to communicate smarter, faster, and more consistently across all your channels. It's built with collaboration in mind. You don't have to reinvent common email and message replies every time you need them. You store them in Text Expander instead, and you can use them anywhere you type Slack, Trello, Google Docs, email, web browsers any place you frequently type 
the same things. Uh, and Text Expander for Teams makes it easy to manage and share snippets across your entire company or organization. It's available for Mac, Windows, Chrome, iPhone, and iPad, and is simply an indispensable tool that I am proud to have as a sponsor of this podcast. Because as I said, I've been using it since long before I launched this podcast six years ago. Um, visit TextExpander.com slash podcast for to learn more and to get 20% off your first year that's textexpander.com slash podcast learn how it can help you be more productive and get 20% off your first year when you tell them that the productive woman sent you all right let's get into this week's episode this episode is being published exactly six years after I uploaded that very first five-minute introductory episode. Now, in case you haven't gone back and listened, uh, you know, if you haven't been with me the whole time uh, and you haven't listened to that kind of scary uh, first episode, episode zero, so to speak, well, I want to share just briefly how that episode came to be. I decided back in 2013 that I wanted to try podcasting. I had been listening to some, thought it sounded like something I could do, and I was looking for something to do as kind of a creative outlet that was not uh, in any way related to the practice of law. Since I had been a, you know, productivity nerd since I was a kid, I thought that made a a great topic to podcast about. So after doing some research in December 2013, I took Cliff Ravenscraft's online podcasting A to Z course. This was a one month, a four week course that you could take online with Cliff Ravenscraft, who at that time was known as the, the podcast answer man. And it took you from the very beginning of coming up with your idea and your title all the way through all the processes you needed to know how to do to launch a podcast to actually recording a, a practice episode, getting your, your music done, your artwork, all the things that had to be done. He doesn't offer this course anymore, but it really was excellent. And we would have live sessions with him each week and he would, you know, give us feedback on our ideas and the things we were doing. It was really, really helpful. Helpful. And my goal at the time, my intention was I'd take this course in December of 2013. I would have learned what I needed to know to launch, um, you know, all the way to how to get it into what was then called iTunes. It's now called Apple Podcasts. And my intention was that I would launch on January 1st of 2014. And so in the course of, of December of 2013, I did all the steps I, of the course. My husband composed the music that you hear at the beginning and end of the show. I had someone create the artwork that you see uh, if you, you know, look at the, the show in Apple Podcasts or elsewhere, that logo and all that sort of thing. I had it all ready to go. I had a list of ideas of things to podcast about. I had done my practice episode, had my gear all set up, and didn't do it. Didn't launch. Uh, there were reasons why I didn't, but for the next six months, 
I kept coming up with reasons why I wasn't quite ready to go. I mean, I had done all the steps. I had all the pieces in place. But the fact was, I was terrified of launching. I was uh, afraid that people would would think it was dumb, a dumb idea, or, you know, would think, well, who does she think she is talking about this? Why would anybody want to listen to me? And I talked myself out of launching for six months. And as time passed, and I didn't launch and I didn't launch, I, I felt guilty. Um, because I had spent the time and money to take the course to, you know, engage a person to create the artwork, to get my gear all set up and, and do all these things, and yet hadn't followed through. And I was pretty much beating myself up over it. And I'm wondering, as I'm talking about this, if any of you can relate, if there's ever been something you wanted to do, a goal you'd set for yourself, that you, you know, took all the steps right up to sort of, you know, shipping, as they say, and then didn't because you were afraid of how people would react or you were were afraid of failing or whatever the reasons are, we don't do those things that we that we want to do, that we dream of doing. Well, this went on for me for six months and it got to the end of June. And as I recall, I I actually quit listening to Cliff's podcast at the time. Uh, Back then he was doing a podcast about podcasting and I learned so much from listening to it, but I quit listening because I felt so guilty. The very end of June of 2014, I, um, thought, oh, I I had a drive to go on, I think it was. And I thought, well, I'll listen. Why don't I, you know, catch up or, you know, listen to what he's talking about these days. And I don't remember now which episode it was that I queued up and listened to as I was driving. But I do recall how I felt uh, as I listened to it. I felt like he was speaking directly to me about all the fears I had about you know, moving forward and doing what I dreamed of doing. And it it was like he had read my mail. He knew, and of course he didn't, I hadn't talked to him. This was just the episode he did, but it was, it really spoke to me. And I cried through a good part of it as I was kind of working through my emotions about wanting to do this thing, being afraid to do this thing, you know, all the stuff. And so what I did was, on July 1st of 2014, I I had all this, you know, an expensive microphone and a mixer and all my gear to, to do a good quality recording. My husband's a musician, so I'd kind of snag some gear from him. But I knew, but it was boxed up and put away at that point. And I knew if I waited till I got it all set up, I would chicken out and I wouldn't do it. And so I t- on July 1st of 2014, I took my iPad and went into my walk-in closet because with the clothes there, it would you know have fairly decent acoustics. And I recorded a five-minute episode, approximately five minutes, introducing myself, saying who I am, what the podcast was going to be about, and promising that I would be back the next week with a real episode and that it would be better than the first one. And there was an app that I could do this in on my iPad. And so before I could chicken out, I processed that five-minute recording, uploaded it to my media server, and sent it to iTunes to publish. And I think it actually published the next day, but it was July 1st of 2014 when I actually uploaded it. 
And I had, you know, committed myself at that point. If you've listened to that episode, if you haven't, I don't know if you want to or not. I'm afraid to go back and listen to it. I'm sure it's pretty, you know, it's been a long time. And it was, that was me being scared and doing it anyway. And since I had committed to be back the next week with a full episode, that's what I did. And I've been doing it pretty much every week since then for six years. It's uh, an amazing journey that I've been on doing this. And I'm so grateful to those of you who've been with me from the beginning and those of you who've just joined this week. So anyway, that's the story of, of kind of how we got started with the Productive Woman podcast. And it has, as I mentioned last week, when we were talking about episode 300, how amazed I am at the journey I've been on since then and how it's taken me places I never thought I would go. And I guess I say all that to say to you, if there's something you're dreaming about, but afraid to do, uh, go for it. And let me know how I can help. Email me at, at feedback at theproductivewoman.com and let me know if I can help you in some way to take that step and put yourself out there. So anyway, I thought in celebration of six years of doing this, it would be fun to kind of just talk about some real practical favorite productivity tips. And so I reached out to the Productive Woman community in the Facebook group. And I think I left them, you know, uh, mentioned in on a previous episode, inviting people to share with me some of their favorite tips, the things that help them be productive. And so I'm going to talk about some of those, a couple of my favorites and some others that I found elsewhere. But before that, I do that. I want to do a little bit of a follow-up on last week's episode, episode 300. In that episode, I shared some feedback from the community on what it means to them to make a life that matters. And I shared, you know, different people's feedback and their answers to that question. But one wonderful answer came in, unfortunately, after that episode had been published. But I thought it was so good, I wanted to share it now. And this came by email from Elizabeth in Toulouse, France. And here's what Elizabeth had to say. When you asked us to define what matters in our life and how to know, I immediately thought about war. In France, we were quarantined or almost quarantined for about three months, so we had a lot of time to pause and reflect. Many things and actions were not possible to do, so we had to choose what to fight for. In wartime, I know for what I would have fought. My family, my faith, my freedom, and my access to culture. Same as my grandpa, who was a Second World War Red Cross soldier. These are the things that really matter to me. In the daily mundane tasks, that means I've chosen to leave my job to be a stay-at-home mother and wife. Having no job, I've got less money, but more free time and more creativity. I have now an edible garden. I sew and mend a lot. I cook from scratch, have time to find ways to entertain the family for free or almost free such as the library, podcasts, and art exhibitions, street festivals. I also have time to help at school or at church. And so I want to thank you, Elizabeth, uh, for sharing that, because that, that, it's such a great perspective to think about 
one way of deciding what matters most to you is to think about that if, if we had to go to war, what would be worth fighting for? That's a, a great way to, a way to think about that. And I love the answers that you've come up with and uh, that they, that's working well for you. So thank you for sharing that with us, Elizabeth. All right. So for this episode, though, we're going to share some favorite productivity tips. And I'm going to, at the end, share several that were sent in from women in the productive woman community, either via email or commenting in the Facebook group. But first I thought I'd share just a couple of mine, a couple of little tips, tools, or tricks that have really made a difference for me in being productive. And when it, you know, when I have to get back to basics, um, when things are kind of going crazy, these are the things that really make a difference for me in being productive. And the first one that came to mind for me is making really good use of my calendar. And by that, I mean that, that first of all, every appointment, every conference call, every meeting, every, you know, birthdays, anniversaries, those sorts of things, anything that is date specific and or time specific goes into my calendar. That's the first thing. But I don't just put the event in in the calendar and, and then I'm done with it. I do a couple of things to make my calendar really work for me and help me. Maybe it's because I'm getting older. I don't remember things always you know, we all have a lot of things on our mind. And and for me, it's important to put as much information into my calendar entries as possible to make my calendar work for me in the most effective way. So for instance, when I put, and I use, uh, let me back up to say, I when the calendar that I use is a digital calendar. And so uh, the app that I mostly use is BusyCal. Uh, and I use that on my Mac. But all the calendars are set up just in the Apple calendar, but they all link into BusyCal and that's, that's where I do the work from. And everyone's a different color. So I can look at my calendar. I'm looking at it right now and I have uh, several, a couple appointments this week for productive woman things and they're in one color. Uh, several appointments, conference calls and that sort of thing for uh, my legal practice and they're a different color and then some personal appointments that are yet a different color. So that's very helpful to me to kind of be able to see at a glance. But each time I enter an appointment, a conference call, a meeting, uh, a you know, an anniversary, a birthday, anything, I add to that any information I might need. So for an appointment, if I'm going somewhere, even if it's somewhere I've been before, I put the address in there in case I, I need to use a GPS for some reason because I'm coming from a different direction. I will put the phone number in there. If, if it's my dentist or an appointment with a client or whatever, I'll put the phone number for the, the dentist or the person uh, for any number of reasons in case I need to call because I'm running late or if something comes up and I need to reschedule, the phone number's right there and I don't have to go digging for it. I use the notes section of the calendar entries to put in notes about the purpose of the call or the people involved. And I try to be um, intentional about uh, how I label or name the appointment um, in a way that reminds me of what that call is for, or that meeting is for. So it, instead of just saying phone conference at 
you know, whatever time and day, I'll say phone conference with and the name of the person to discuss the name of the deal purchase terms or something like that. I have lots of different things going on, like even just for my legal practice, I have lots of active deals at any given time for my, it's, I'm a real estate lawyer, and I can forget which deal is this call for, or, you know, what am I talking with this person about, Who who's going to be on the call, why are we having this call? So I try to put all that in there, and then in the notes section, maybe add a few more details Or if we're going to be talking about a particular document, I'll attach a copy of that document or any reference material I might need for that call or that meeting. Uh, For birthdays or anniversaries, you know, I'll put maybe put information in there. But the main the other main thing I do is I set alerts on them. And so for any conference call, it will alert me 30 minutes ahead of time so I can wind up what I'm doing and get prepared for that call. Uh, for an appointment outside of the office or outside of home, it may be, alert me a little earlier than that uh, to allow me time to prepare and leave and get to where I'm going. For birthdays or anniversaries, they're set to alert me a week ahead of time so that I can send a card or, you know, do whatever. Um, So those kinds of things that I do, including the necessary information, consistently putting all these things in my calendar uh, and setting the alerts so that I am reminded that I need to do something, really make my calendar work for me. And I that has been incredibly important for me to stay productive. Now, that being said, one of my other favorite productivity tools is that I turn off nearly all alerts on my phone and my computer and stuff. The only alerts, the only times that my phone or my computer will ding at me is if I have an appointment that I need to go, whether it's a conference call or, or an actual meeting or appointment that I need to leave for. I, I don't have any uh, dings or pings for Facebook messages or for emails or um, you know any of the other apps that are on my phone because they're just distractions. And so I have all those things turned off. And that makes a huge difference in my ability to stay focused and concentrate on the work that I'm doing. Um, and then the third uh, favorite productivity tip of mine has to do with email management. And that this is a little thing, but when you get as many emails as I do, it can make a big difference. Uh, and that is I make use of the email subject line to identify what that email is actually about. And so for this is especially important to me for my uh, legal practice, because I, as I mentioned, have several deals going at any time. Um, and, you know, maybe more than one for the same client, but also different clients doing different things. And I get lots and lots of emails every day. And so each email that I send in the subject line, it starts with the, the client's name, then the the matter name, the specific matter that we're talking about, and then a brief description of the subject of the email. So if it's, you know, about the checklist or it's comments on a purchase agreement or here are the drafts of the loan documents, whatever, I try to get that information in the subject line 
uh, for two reasons. One of them is so that I can find it later if I'm looking, I you know, for an email that I sent to a certain client about a certain deal with, um, you know, drafts of the loan documents or something. Uh, it makes it easy for me looking in a list of emails to find the one I'm talking about. Uh, but it also makes it easier for the person who's receiving it to be able to tell pretty quickly, is this something I need to read right now? Or um, is it not that big a deal just yet? And the other piece of this using the subject line that I think is important is when I receive an email, you know, not everybody uses this, this tip, not everybody uses the subject line as specifically as I do, uh, to make it informative so that people can see what the email's coming in. I often get emails that just say question in the subject line, doesn't identify, you know, what the deal is or anything like that. Well, if I get an email like that, that I'm going to reply to, I will change the subject line in my reply so that going forward uh, in that chain, it, I can see what, who the client is, what deal it is, and what we're actually talking about in that email. So those are tips that have been really, really helpful to me in staying productive. I wanted to share uh, another, a tip from another source that I found just because I thought it was so, so good. It's similar to some things we've talked about in the past, but I found uh, just, I was actually researching something else and came across this in a, in a, a, an article online called what is your favorite productivity tool? And I thought this was worth sharing. And that, so this is a tip. Uh, uh, it's a 10 minute rule. And this tip comes from the, an article, which I'll link to, cause there were other tips in it that I thought were good. And I, I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly. Um, this tip comes from a person named Kavitha Sundaram Murthy. And when in talking about her 10 minute rule, she says this, it's super simple. Every morning I set aside just 10 minutes to start an activity. Let's say I want to write a book. I will set a timer for just 10 minutes and focus intensely on writing until it rings. This technique is especially helpful for things you find hard or overwhelming to start, like getting in shape. Just run in place for 10 minutes every morning until the timer goes off. Uh, the two benefits that she gets from this 10 minute rule, which I just, I just think it's a brilliant idea. And here are the two benefits. She says, one, you only have to do it for 10 minutes. So your mind is less likely to make up distractions and excuses. And two, if you do this without a break every day for a few weeks, just 10 minutes a day, you have established a new pathway in your brain. Now it's a habit, something your brain will help you do without thinking or debating, like brushing your teeth. I just thought that was such a good tip. We've talked about similar kinds of things in the past uh, about, you know, getting started on a new habit you want to establish or making progress when you don't have tons of time to invest or you're just overwhelmed. But I love this 10 minute rule and I think it's definitely worth, um, worth considering. Okay. So now I want to share with you some tips from the productive woman community. As I mentioned, uh, a couple episodes ago, I put out the call and let you know that if you wanted to share a tip, I'd love to hear it. I also, uh, posted a that invitation in the Productive Woman Community Facebook group, and several people responded sharing 
their favorite tip or tool. And so the first one that I got was from Angie and she sent this via email and here's what Angie had to say. She said, my favorite productivity tool lately is the Clear Habit Journal from Baron Fig. I absolutely loved the book Atomic Habits and learned how consistent tiny habits can change your life. The journal has a section entitled One Line Per Day that can be used for a number of things. I've been using this section to jot down the one main thing I need to get done that day. You only have one line to write this down, so it forces you to focus on the most important. Another section is a dot grid section that can be used as a bullet journal. I use mine to brainstorm and set goals. The third section has a habit tracker that helps you keep track of your habits and work on new ones. And the last section is a toolkit packed with ideas on how to best use this journal. I've been using it throughout my quarantine period of 12 weeks. I start back to work tomorrow. This was just um, last week that she sent this. So she should be back at work now. Angie, if you are, let me know how it's going. Uh, Anyway, she says, so this journal will always be a reminder of that particular time for me. This journal has helped me organize my life. So I love this. It's called the Clear Habit Journal. And I have a copy of it as well. It's really a neat journal, nicely put together. I'll put a link in the show notes, both to that and the book Atomic Habits, which if you haven't read it, I highly encourage it that you do. We've talked about it before. So Angie, thank you for sharing that. Georgie also sent an email and she says, my tip is keeping a record of each meeting I have with my manager. I use OneNote and I like that you can have check boxes so you can tick off tasks. I've been doing this for a few years now and I find it really helpful. I always have a record of what we've discussed and can check off completed tasks as I go. And I love this idea. If there's, um, there's so many ways you could apply this. Certainly, if you have regular meetings with your manager, or even if they're irregular meetings, keep a journal of it. Just take notes of the the things you talked about, any tasks that are assigned to you, anything you're supposed to follow up with, and have a place where you keep all of these. OneNote is a great place to do that. If you use the Google Docs suite, you could do it in, in there in a Google Doc. Evernote would be another one or the Apple Notes app. Any way you do it, but having this one place where these notes always go. So whether it's with your manager or your employee, if you have one, with your spouse, maybe you have family meetings. I've read a lot. I know there are people who have kind of family meetings once a week. Keep track of those. Take notes of ideas that people come up with and things that you're going to follow up on and keep those all in one place so you can go back, make sure you're, you know, you have a record of the conversations that you had, the tasks you were supposed to do and check them off when you've done them. Uh, What a great idea. Thank you for sharing that, Georgie. I love that so much. Um, Bolette said in the Facebook group, her favorite productivity tool or tip was the book Getting Things Done. She says, Getting Things Done was the first book I bought when I started my business 12 years ago. 
and I keep returning to it. So good for me as a procreative with what she says is a popcorn head. So I take that to mean, Bolette, that, that your mind kind of is, you're always having ideas and going a million miles a minute. And having this system from the book, Getting Things Done, has been helpful to you in kind of corralling that and staying on track. Uh, it Getting Things Done is uh, I'll put a link in the show notes to the book. It's one, it's like a kind of a fundamental book for people uh, who want to be productive. There, there are so many good tips and, and it's a great system. Even if you don't follow it to the letter, there's so much to be learned from that book. And I love hearing Bolette that it helps you get your things done, uh, the things done that matter to you in your business. Chris's favorite productivity tools, uh, and she shared this in the, the Productive Woman Community Facebook group as well, are her bullet journal and a to-do notepad. And what here's what Chris says about that. Every Saturday morning, I brain dump a list of everything I think I want to get done. My to-do notepad is divided into six sections, which I label errands, connections, study, home, etc., I go through my brain dump list and each item gets added to my to-do list, a future list, and my bullet journal or crossed out as unimportant. I mark essential items on my to-do list and then work through it. What I don't do over the weekend gets added to my bullet journal or deleted. It sounds cumbersome when I write it like this, but it works for me. And so that's a great tip, a great set of tools that work for Chris that might work for you as well. I love the idea of a brain dump. And I, I have a tendency to do that on the weekends as well. I'll sit down either Friday night or Saturday morning and think about, okay, what do I want to get done this weekend? And I'll just kind of write it all out and um, figure out you know, you just put everything that's on your mind. That's the idea of a brain dump is just to get it all out of your head and onto a piece of paper in front of you. And then you can decide, okay, do I, you know, is there anything here that I'm going to decide right now I don't want to do, or I'm not going to do this weekend, just cross it off. And then it looks like Chris then takes them from that long list or the, the brain dump list and kind of divides them into the sections of her to-do list and then just goes after it. So great tools and thank you for sharing that, Chris. Betsy shared in the Facebook group uh, that for her, having theme days, she says, having theme days where I focus on a slice of my job for part of that day uh, is her favorite tip. Uh, She says, I have Evernotes and email folders that correspond so everything is ready. Also having a pending email folder so I can circle back on things and nothing falls through the cracks. I review that folder each Friday so I can prompt folks as needed. So a couple of things about that. I like this idea of having theme days. It's similar to, we've talked in the past about batching uh, tasks. And I, I, I'm guessing, although Bet- Betsy and I haven't talked about this, that for theme days, it's, it's just that there's a, a certain element of her business that she, or her job that she's going to focus on. And so maybe, maybe one theme could be, and I'm just making this up. She didn't put this in her post, but, um, say one day, one day's theme is communication. Uh, 
And so that's going to be your day to respond to a bunch of emails, write some letters you need to do, maybe have meetings with your employees or your supervisor or whatever, but do all that communication where another day's theme might be admin and you're going to take care of all the admin stuff. But the idea is that you're, you're batching things so you can be more efficient about it. And she has things set up, um, with her Evernote's notes and her email folders. So if it's a communication day, she knows right where she's going to go to get that stuff, um, that she needs to follow through with that theme. And I really like that idea. And I also like this idea of a pending email folder. And again, she didn't elaborate on that. But And so Betsy, tell me if I got this wrong. I'm interpreting that to mean you have a folder in your email client, you know, where your emails are, um, where anything that you're waiting for somebody else to do or to respond to goes into that folder and you check in on Friday to see if you've gotten all the responses you've needed or if other people have taken the action they need to take. So anything you're waiting on someone else to do something for goes in there uh, so that you can remember to follow up. And I would add, you know, if I was going to do something like that, I would probably put in a calendar in my calendar, a time, you know, half an hour on Friday afternoon or whenever I was going to do it. Um, just calendar that time to check the pending folder and follow up on anything that needs follow up. I just really thought that was good. So thank you for that, Betsy. Uh, next one, I got an email from Samantha who has some uh, a really great tip. Um, and she really went into some detail on it that I thought was worth sharing. And she says, my number one tip for being productive isn't going to be the obvious ones like a planner, calendar system, using a timer, etc., but instead to add in a walk a day and more daily movement during your workday overall. So getting your body moving, going for a walk every day, getting some, uh, some movement, more movement during your workday. For those of us who spend our workdays at a desk, this is so important. And uh, Samantha expanded on this tip. She says, my best and most productive time is when I'm focused, physically feel awake, clear, not emotional or stressed. There are many healthy habits I would recommend to feel this way, but my go-to way to feel amazing and therefore be incredibly productive that almost anyone can do is to go for a walk. I'll make the time to go for one intentional walk almost every day, usually lasting 15 to 20 minutes. During the walk, ideas will flow like a river. My heart rate relaxes everything's put into perspective, my energy increases, stress starts to ease up, and I feel refreshed and ready to work upon returning. And she talks about um, the benefits to getting outside and being in nature, the sunshine and all these things. And I think I will, I'm going to put her whole response into the show notes because there's just some really good stuff in here about why she does this. And it, in a minute, I'll, I'll tell you why, uh, why she has so much good input on this. And then she shares some ideas to start making a walk a day a habit. Um, she suggests setting aside a specific time you will go for this walk each working day. Think of a trigger you can set up for, for if, 
and the example she gives, if you always finish a meeting at 10 a.m., then you go for a walk. Or every day for lunch, you eat for 30 minutes and walk for 15 minutes after that. And she gives some other great ideas. And again, I'll put these in the show notes because I think they're worth reading. So you're going to get some activity. Going, going for a walk every day is a great idea. Now, Samantha might disagree with me, but for someone like me who lives in Texas, where right now the temperatures are very high and the humidity is very high, it's not very appealing for me to go for a walk outside uh, during the workday. But I could get on my treadmill and just walk for 10 or 15 minutes. And I know I feel the difference just, you know, moving and getting getting my heart rate up a little bit and just getting um, help release relieve some of that stress and so just some a great suggestion for all of us Uh, fyi the reason why samantha has a lot of good input on this and the reason why i want to share her uh, more of her tips in the show notes is she is a weight loss and healthy lifestyle habits coach so if you're looking for some help in those areas you can check out her website which i will link in the show notes Um, it's living the sweat lifestyle.com but i'll put that in the show notes and finally, I got an email I mentioned earlier uh, the, from Elizabeth, who is in Toulouse, France, whose um, answer to the other question I shared at the beginning of this, she also shared her favorite productivity tips. And she says this, I stay productive with routines, goals, and an agenda. I have a morning, midday, and night routine. I have yearly, monthly, and weekly goals. And I have my personal paper agenda for my to-do list, the wall family calendar for family communication, and my electronic agenda for meetings and dates. And so that's how Elizabeth, that's her favorite thing. And I would, I would agree with that. Routines, goals, and a, and a good calendar, which is what I talked about at the beginning, can make such a huge difference in our ability to be productive. Uh, so I love these tips. There's probably more that we could do, and we'll talk about more of these in, in upcoming episodes. And in the meantime, uh, I wanted to share before we go, uh, some resources for finding more tips to help with particular types of productivity. And I will put links to all of these in the show notes. So for instance, if managing email is a big deal for you, I found a great article called 23 email management best practices to declutter your inbox. And we'll link to that in the show notes. And we've also talked about um, managing email in a couple of past episodes, including episode 185, where we talked about tips and tools for email mastery. And way back in episode 38, we talked about managing email. So those are some places to go if that's a particular area, a kind of a pain point for you. If managing paper is an issue for you, the best resource I can recommend, and this came up just recently in the uh, Facebook group, but of past guest, Lisa Woodruff, uh, and she was our guest on episode 122, and she's the founder of Organized 365. 
I've mentioned before, she has an upcoming book. It's going to be out this, this summer in August, I believe. And it's called The Paper Solution. And it really is the best resource I've seen on getting control of your paper. You can pre-order it on Amazon right now. And uh, then you'll get it as soon as it's available. Highly recommend that if paper is a, an issue for you, as it is for a lot of us. Uh, that's why I like the book so much. If time management is something you're interested in getting more tips and, uh, and ideas on, uh, a great place to go for that is to check out some videos on YouTube, uh, including one that I'll link to in the show notes that was put on, on YouTube by past guest Amy Landino. She was our guest on episode 276. We've also obviously talked about time management a lot in over the six years that this podcast has been going. Uh, episode 181, my guest Susan May Warren talked about time management and balance, and she has a great tool for kind of doing block scheduling. In episode 101, we talked about time thieves. And episode 110, uh, my guest Rochelle Isip and I talked about making time work for you. And finally, then on episode 286, we talked about 11 time wasters to eliminate. All of those have some great resources, great ideas and tips that maybe if you want to get better at um, managing your time, those might be places to look. And then finally, if task management or project management are, is an area that you'd like some tips and ideas in, again, you can get some ideas from YouTube videos. If you search, if you go into YouTube and search task management tips, a bunch of them will come up and you can see what looks appealing to you. Or check out Laura Vanderkam's great book, Off the Clock. It was a uh, it's a really, really good book that will help you with that. Uh, Laura was our guest on episode 217. We've also talked about task management uh, in episode 215. That was our task management 101 episode. Episode 30, way, way back in the day, um, we talked about task management options. And in episode 65, we talked about how to choose the best task manager. So all of those are good possibilities for resources. If you're looking for tips and ideas to improve your productivity in certain areas, those might be good places to start. And as I said, we'll, we'll link to all of those in the show notes. So if you just want to go to theproductivewoman.com slash 301, you'll find links to all this stuff. So those are some thoughts as we celebrate six years of the Productive Woman podcast. I, I hope you found something interesting in that. But what do you think? I would love it if we could continue this conversation, if you would share a productivity tip or tool or resource that's been important to you and getting the things done that matter most to you. You can share those uh, in the comment section of the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 301 or post a comment or question on the Productive Woman Facebook page or if you're a member of the Productive Woman Community Facebook group, that's always a good place to uh, continue these conversations. You can also email me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com if you'd rather share your ideas or thoughts with me privately. I'm always happy to hear from you. Uh, I think that wraps it up. Uh, a couple of, I guess, quick things. Remember, our sponsor... 
um, text expander. If you're not already getting the benefits of text expander in your personal and work worlds, be sure to check out how text expander can help you be more productive. Just visit textexpander.com slash podcast to learn more and let them know the productive woman sent you to get 20% off your first year. And finally, don't forget to let me know if you're interested in joining a small group of like-minded women to share mutual support, ideas, encouragement, and accountability in a productive woman mastermind group this fall or it'll, September, okay? It's fall in the Northern Hemisphere. Um, visit theproductivewoman.com slash mastermind to learn more and to find the link for the short online application and email me at laura at theproductivewoman.com if you have questions after you've looked at that page. And that really is it for this episode of The Productive Woman. I, I want to thank you again for being here, for being part of this six-year journey so far. I can't wait to see where we're going to go in the, the months and years to come. I hope you'll stay with me. I hope you're finding something worthwhile in listening to this episode and others. Uh, I look forward to seeing where we can all go together and how we can encourage and support each other as we make lives that matter. So um, uh, until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter.